video. Uh, when I sat down, Etta was next to me and leaned over and says, you want me to get Miss Linda so she could hold your hand and make you feel better? Since he knew I was nervous, he doesn't realize how much that hand always calmed me down. Pray with me. Precious God, I ask you this morning, a prayer that I always pray when I stand up in front of people, Lord, that you may blind everybody that's here on the internet, that they don't see a sinner like me, Lord, but they see you. Let the words that come out of my mouth are yours, Lord, in your holy precious name, amen. For the ones that don't know you, don't know me, let me tell you a little about myself, where I work at least. I work at Adventist University, I'm one of the chaplains there. A lot of the stories that you will hear me sharing are mostly from my students that have impacted me in some way or another. It was Wednesday morning about 7 o'clock, 7.30 in the morning and my phone rings and I was in the office and it was Jeff. Jeff was a pre-med student who worked three jobs sometimes and there were times that I know that he would leave one job, go to the parking lot of the school, uh, sleep for an hour and come back to school, to class. He worked at a cafe that I was managing at one time over there as well, so he would work there during break of class and then go back to class. But he called me this particular morning and says, Reynold, do you have an extra shirt or tie in your office? And I'm like, no, man, why? What's going on? He goes, well, I have a presentation to do today. And I had a shirt and tie in the back seat, and my wife took it out last night, and I didn't realize it, and I'm almost at school. I'm like, what time's your presentation? 8.30. How long? About 15 minutes. So you mean you'll be done before 9 o'clock, right, Jeff? He goes, yeah, I'll be done, I promise. I said, come to my office, I'll work something out. He gets uh, to my office, I tell him to shut the door, and I tell him to take his t-shirt off. He kind of looked at me strange and I don't blame him. And I started unbuttoning my shirt and he goes, what are you doing? I'm like, dude, let me tell you something. I have a devotional to do at nine o'clock with the board of trustees at the university. You said you're going to be done at nine, uh, by no later than nine o'clock, right? He goes, yeah, yeah. I said, you're going to take my shirt, my tie. I'm going to wear your t-shirt, but be back. He goes, I'll be back right now. I promise. Jeff took off to do, he looked pretty good, by the way, with my tie and shirt. I've never seen him dressed up. He went uh, to class. No more than five minutes, Jeff left my office. My phone rings again. And it's the uh, president's secretary wanted to know where I was. I'm here. Goes, you're supposed to be at a present, your devotional is at 8.30. I'm like, no, it's not, it's 9 o'clock. No, 8.30. And I said, okay, I'll be right out. I looked down at the t-shirt that I was wearing and I can honestly tell you it was a very inappropriate t-shirt for a chaplain to be wearing. It was about Jack Daniels and two girls in some sort of bikini holding some cha- uh, shot glasses. I, at that point, looked down and I'm like, I used to own, my wife and I used to own a, a restaurant downtown before uh, uh, I, I went in full-time ministry. I figured, I'm going back to the restaurant. And I always said, when God closes the door here, I'll go back to the restaurant. So I'm looking and I'm like, okay, what do I do? Will they understand? I thank God for our bookstore. I ran into the bookstore, was very careful because I didn't want people to see what the chaplain was wearing. 
I got a shirt. It was the most wrinkless white shirt I've ever seen. Put it on, and I went to the board and did my uh, devotion. But I wonder, what name am I carrying? And, and today's title, I title it, what name, whose name are you carrying? Who are you representing? Who do you see? I remember as a kid, uh, I used to play a really, excuse me, stupid game. We called it Chicken. And Johnny and I became good friends, and we started playing this game that I highly don't recommend anybody to play. But you stand in front of each other, you open your legs, you both have a knife, and you start throwing it between your legs, and you start closing it, and see who's brave enough to close it all the way. But we got so good playing this game with knife throwing that we could put our feet so close and we wouldn't get hit. Now, let me tell you, at first, my mother always wondered what was wrong with my sneakers because they were kind of cut up. But at that point, Johnny and I figured, man, we're good at this. And we started throwing knives at things, not at people. And, and, and we got so good that we wouldn't miss. But along the road, something happened. Johnny decided to take a different road. I decided to take a different road. Johnny got involved in a wrong thing and throwing knives. A deal went bad, and he stabbed and killed somebody. Johnny is doing life in prison. That day was the last time I threw a knife. Not handle a knife, I cook, so I use knives, but it was the last time I ever threw a knife again. And that made me sit back and wonder, what did I show Johnny? Whose name was I carrying? Did I ever take time to tell Johnny, hey, Johnny, let me tell you about somebody I know, and his name is Jesus? When I started being good friends with Linda before we started dating, her and my best friends were great friends. And on Friday nights, I would disappear. But Saturday night, I come back. And listen, Linda asked Rob one day, where does Ronald go on Friday nights? And he goes, oh, he goes to this strange religion, and, and, and he, he'll be back. He'll be back Saturday night. Now, Linda was slick. She started baking cookies, and on Friday night, she'd come over to my house with baking cookies. And that's how we got to spend time together with each other. And finally, I asked Linda out, and then we're still married, and thank God for that. Uh, I want to share, let's turn to Acts 9. And, and when I read the Bible, I'm asking you right now that we're going to go through Scripture a little. I put myself in there, so use your imagination. Uh, starting with one, Paul said, Still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest, and he asked him for the letter to the synagogue of Damascus, so that each that if he found anybody belonging to the way, men or women, that he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So on this trip, he's ticked. He, the way means Christians. He's ticked at Christians. And on the way to the road, on four, we look... Uh, well, uh, three, the last part of three, suddenly a light from heaven shined around him, and boom, he fell in the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, 
Saul, why are you persecuting me? And listen to his reply. He said, who are you, Lord? That's like me saying, who are you, Jordan? Who are you, Howie? Who are, you know who you are. And then he says, and then Jesus says, I am, I am Jesus whom you have persecuted, but rise and enter into the city that you will be told what to do. At that time, the two guys that were him were spooked because they didn't see anything. Saul gets up. He can't see. So they, they walk him down the road. And for three days, Saul doesn't eat, drink. He just sits there. Can't see. Now Jesus, in a vision to Ananias, tells him, uh, we'll go down to 10, middle of 10, he says, uh, Ananias says to Jesus, I am Lord, and the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street, called straight at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarkas named Saul. At this point, just think of it. Saul knows this guy. I mean, uh, Ananias knows this guy. This guy wants to kill him. And it's like, Lord, I know you must be busy up there dealing with a lot of stuff in this world, but you want me to go see who? And I'm sure he gets to a point, are you crazy? He goes, listen, I want you to go over there and pray with him. And then in 15, he says, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentile and king of children. For I will show you how much he's... uh, Let's go back. I'm 15. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name. This morning, I ask you, whose name... Are you carrying? And I'm not, before you shut me out and say, oh, here comes this, uh, I'm not telling you the difference from the world. And I'm asking you, whose name are you carrying? What do you represent? When people see you, how do you Im- impact them? There's some names up here that I like to go through. Because Nike, it's a name. Alice Morgan, it's a name. Gucci's a name. Blake is a name. Adidas is a name. Adam Levine's a name. Apple's a name. Taylor Swift is a name. Channels is a name. Lady Gaga is a name. Tommy Hilfiger is a name. Captain America is a name. Coca-Cola is a name. Will Smith is a name. Ray Ban is a name. Brad Pitt's a name. Rolex is a name. Simon Cowell's a name. Louis is a name. Reeboks is a name. Valentino's a name. Ralph Lauren, also known as Polo, is a name. Reynolds, not Reynolds Acosta, but Reynolds Rap, is a name. BMW is a name. Starbucks is a name. Wendy's is a name. ESPN is a name. Tom's is a name. All of them 
are counting on one thing, that you carry their name. If you don't carry their name, they go broke. Jesus said, carry my name. My dad, for many years, I prayed for my dad to give his life to Christ. I prayed, God, help that dad give his life to you. And I prayed. When I used to own the restaurant downtown, I used to talk to my dad every day. My dad and I are very close. And as we were, I'll never forget, uh, I was passing the Channel 2 station on I-4, and I was going through some hard time of something happening in the restaurant, I can't remember what it is, and I was telling Dad about it. Dad owns a restaurant in New York City, he's had it for 50 years, and as I'm telling him about what was going on, he stopped me, he says, Ronald, you go to church every week, you pray every day, I don't, but I have more faith than you do. Wow. You want to talk about getting hit all the way from New York? I got hit that day. And I started thinking, wow. My dad's in rehab right now. Here is Sunbelt and Apopka. I still pray that my dad gives his life to Christ. But I walked in one day and dinner was there, so I grabbed the dinner and I kind of set it up for dad so dad could eat. Dad prayed for dinner. But can I tell you something? Whose name was I carrying because I've never taken the time to tell dad about my Jesus. I prayed about for him, but I've never taken the time to say, dad, Let me tell you about this Jesus that I know, that this Jesus that can do incredible things. I had a young lady come into my my office. My office is an old house. We call it the Anderson House. Uh, Actually, it's the nicest office on campus. I can brag about that. And it's a house, and I was in the kitchen, and the student walks into my office about six weeks ago, and asked me, are you the chaplain? And my reply was, which sometimes is a dumb reply, I said, I don't know what you need. And she started laughing, she goes, I need to talk to somebody. And I said, sure. I said, let me just finish something up here. I finished in the kitchen and I went Actually, I didn't go in my office because I, there were students hanging in my office. I went to another, chap, another chaplain's office, and we sat there. And this young lady started telling me her story. And I, I sat there, and she's telling me her story and what she has gone through and what she's going through. And there was somebody had just died in her family, and, and her concern was she wasn't grieving, and she was terrified of dying. And she kept going. And we talked for a good hour or so. And then Jesus came up. 
This is a nursing student who is in her, starting her sixth trimester. And I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with this because why is she reaching out or I'm reaching out when she's almost done with, because the sixth trimester you graduate. Why am I, what, where did I go wrong here? Why wasn't she touched or reached some way or another? I told her this story. She, she, she has anxiety problems. And she panics very easy now after all this going on. And I think it's just catching up from the past, what she's gone through. And I started telling her the story about Daniel. If I asked you, do you know the story of Daniel? Would you, how many would say, yes, you know the story? If, how about Meshach and Abednego? Would you guys say you know it? I'm telling this story because I want to give her encouragement. She had no idea what I was talking about. She had no idea the story. But a week later, I get a call from her. And I said, I, she goes, I want you to know, I was talking to my grandma, she took me out to dinner. And I tell her, started telling her about Jesus. And grandma started crying, and I'm thinking, you have no idea. But she kind of gave me a wake-up call to say, Whose name are you carrying? This young lady is so hot on Jesus right now that she wants people to know. There's a difference because sometimes I've gotten people that say, oh, I'm being persecuted at work because that person is leaving tracks all around the, the, the job, the office, and then at night the cleaning people throw it out and then he goes back and puts it all over. That's not being persecuted, friends. That's just being annoying. That's just plain annoying. I'm saying, what a way of ministering without saying anything, but when somebody looks at you and they say, that person has something I want. As I looked through that video, as I was picking it, I kept saying, wow, look at Jesus here. Wow, look at Jesus here. Wow. Are we so busy in life that we're missing it? There's a young man, a freshman in uh, high school. It was Friday. The bell rings. Everybody takes off. It's Friday. It's party time. It's time to have some fun. He starts walking, and when he's walking down the road, because he walked from, uh, to school from home, it wasn't that far, he sees a kid on the other side of the street with his hands filled with books. And he'll tell you the first thought, and I bet you it's the same thought that most of you have had, said, what a nerd, carrying all those books on a Friday. Are you crazy? And as he was carrying all these books that Friday, some other kids come by running, and boom, they hit him. Books goes up. His glasses go flying. He goes flying. And the kids start running. Steve, let's call him, across the street looks at him, and he just shakes his head and crosses the street and goes to the young man and says, that's just a bunch of jerks, don't worry about it, let me help you. He grabbed his glasses, they put out, grabbed the books. They he carried some books and his new friend carried some books and as they were walking down the street, they got to know each other. Uh, he was a homeschool student 
all his life. That was his first year in high school. And they lived right around the corner. I had no idea that they lived around the corner. As they talked, he said, why don't you come over tomorrow and, and hang out? And, and he started sharing his life with them. They became so, such good friends throughout the years that they chose the same college to go to. As they went to the college, I mean, uh, at, at senior and graduation, the other young man had the, the, the speech. And he got up when he was called. He got up, grabbed up there, and he started his speech. And then he looked at his friend. Straight eye, they made eye contact and said, I never told you why I was carrying those books Friday. That Friday you came and met me. But I'm going to tell you today why I was carrying. And they're connected. He's not seeing anybody else. It's just him making eye contact. That day, I carried those books because I, was clean, I cleaned out my locker because I didn't want my parents to have to come clean it out because I was going to commit suicide on Saturday. But you saved me. He saw Christ in that young man. I want to challenge each and every one of you this morning. Because, see, you can come to church every week, and you can claim that you know Jesus, but when you leave here, who are you? Knowing Jesus and having a relationship with him is two different stories. This week, as you're in school, as you're at work, or just out, I challenge you to say hi to people. My campus ministry team, there's one thing that they are not allowed to walk on campus with their heads down. They have to walk around with their heads up. And they have to acknowledge everybody that passes them. I'm not telling them to have a conversation with them, but say hello, a smile. How are you doing? Because at that point, you just left the fingerprints of Christ. I challenge you this week. Whose name are you carrying? Will it be Jesus or will it be somebody else's?